a lot more faithfully and urgently than the people of Israel responded to the word of Zephaniah. I have an aunt um, back home in Mobile, Alabama, who last month celebrated her 100th birthday. Now that's a real milestone, <laughs> 100 years. She's a wonderful woman. Her name is Eunice. Uh, I've always liked that name, especially when I became familiar with, with Scripture uh, and read that that was also the name of the mother of uh, Timothy, uh, whom St. Paul praised uh, and whose name is passed down to us uh, in Scripture. A few years ago, uh, when she was uh, a lot more, had a lot more clarity than she does today, uh, Tony and I always made it a point to go home for our family reunions where we got together every, every summer. And I think it was about her 95th birthday that we celebrated then. And we, we, we wondered if there were going to be more. Uh, and uh, we had a wonderful celebration for her. And in the midst of the celebration, someone asked her, uh, Aunt Eunice, uh, from your vantage point of 95 years, as you look back to your life, which has been such a long and fulfilling life, do you have any regrets? Uh, what word of wisdom uh, can you give us? And she said, well, I can tell you this. A real happy life is a life in which when you come toward the end of it, there are not a lot of regrets. There are not a lot of regrets. All the readings that you heard today, I want you to think back at them as I'm talking with you, really addressed this underlying theme, regrets that we might have. And she said, as you think of some of these regrets that you have in life, it's not big things that come to mind, but sometimes it's rather small things. Wishing you had said, I love you, to someone. Wishing you had said, I'm sorry. Wishing you had taken the time to write a thank you note to someone who did something kind for you. Or to send a birthday message to a friend. It's those little things that really aggravate us and annoy us. When we're thinking of how time passes us by and the regrets that we can have. You know, we address this point in the... Uh, confession that we make here in church every Sunday. We just said these words a few moments ago. When we ask God to forgive us for the things that we did 
that we should not have done and for the things that we did not do that we should have done. There needs to be a balance in our life. And we need to address all of those things. As I said, this is the underlying theme of all the scriptures that you heard today. Psalm 90, which is primarily a psalm of praise to God, also reminds us that God lives in eternity, but you and I are trapped in time. And that time is always moving on a continuum. And for many of us, it runs out all too early. And we think of all the things that we wanted to achieve, but now there's no more time left to do it. The things left undone that we wish we had done. Zephaniah talks about this, too, very dramatically. And Zephaniah was only one of several prophets whom God raised up in Israel at this particular time because the Babylonians were right on their doorstep. And God was telling them, time is running out. And you must change your ways and turn back to God. And if you do not... The houses you are building now, you will not live in because it will be too late. And the vineyards that you are planting now, you will not reap or ever taste of the wine that comes from them because you will have run out of time and you will be filled with regret. of the things that were left undone. And that was a reality that Judea faced as the Babylonians came in and took them off to captivity. The things left undone. This is also the underlying theme of that very troubling parable <laughs> that Jesus told us this morning. Jesus was a great teacher and used some great parables, uh, and we can often identify with a lot of the people in the parables that Jesus tells us about. But there are a few parables of his that are filled with unsavory characters that we don't want to identify with, like the unjust steward and like the one today. The master in the parable that Jesus told us about was an extremely wealthy man. And he had ability to give sums of money to servants of his as his asset managers that were large enough to support some countries. And he gave it to two of them and they did rather well and were rewarded well. But there was one who was not quite so fortunate. And that's really the focus of Jesus' 
teaching to us this morning. He doesn't want us to look at the, the master, the wealthy man. He doesn't want us to look at the first two servants who did so well. He wants us to look at the third servant who did not do very well at all. He was entrusted with uh, a small sum of money. And instead of investing it or doing something with it, he went and dug a hole in the ground and he hid it. What was so awful about what he did? He didn't steal any of the money. He didn't take any of it for his own purposes. We're not looking at what he did. What Jesus wants us to look at was look at why he did what he did. And he himself tells us why he did it. He said, Master, we all know that you're a very hard man. You're a very difficult man. This servant had the misfortune of working for the Donald Trump of the first century. And he said, we know that you reap where you never sow. And you bring in things that you never did on your own. And because of that, I was afraid. I was afraid. That's what Jesus wants us to look at. Why he did it, he tells us himself. I was afraid. Now, it's not sinful to be afraid. I guarantee you that the first two servants were somewhat ambivalent and reticent themselves. There was some fear mixed in the decision that they made or how they would handle the investment that their master gave them. But they stepped out in faith and they did what they felt their ability would allow them to do. And they succeeded. But the fault of the third servant was that he allowed himself to be paralyzed by fear. He was afraid to take a chance. He was afraid to do anything. And so he took the money and he hid it. He didn't steal it. He simply hid it out of fear of what might be. He was not punished by the master for what he did. He was punished for what he did not do. For what he left undone. All of us have wonderful opportunities in our life to step out in faith and to do something for the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And we all have some fear of reticence when we think about doing that because we think we're not up to the job, that we're not worthy of it, that we're not, we don't have the ability to do it. But God would never give you an invitation to do anything unless he also gave you the ability to succeed at what he's asking you to, to do. And his idea of success sometimes is different from ours. He doesn't want you to convert the whole world. He just wants you to step out sometime and plant the seed that you may never see harvested in this life. But you took the initiative to do that, and that's what he wants us to do. We don't think we have the capabilities of doing a lot of the things that we feel like we would like to do. And we can't allow ourselves to be paralyzed by that. You have to remember that Jesus is not interested in your ability, but in your availability. That you simply make yourself available to follow the impulse that he puts in your heart. This is a wonderful church here at St. Paul, and what makes it so wonderful is because so many of you are willing to step out and to take on little jobs here in the church that make all the difference in this great complex of us ministering one to another. It takes so many people to bring ministry to so many people. And we don't need to have anybody who sits quietly and reluctantly in their seats and refuse to step out and take even the simplest opportunities to be of ministry to one another. The whole message for today's worship is don't come to the point in your life where you have those regrets of the things that you wished you had done, but for whatever reason, failed to do. We're called to be people of action who are willing to step out, to take the risk and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, whom we say we trust. We come to worship and to adore him and to praise him and he wel welcomes all of that. But what he wants more from you than anything else is your trust and your confidence in him. And allow him to work great miracles in your life. The things left undone that we wished we had have done. There's a wonderful song that comes to mind as I think of this theme. It comes from a Broadway play that I had the pleasure of seeing when I was in college called The Most Happy Fella in All of Napa Valley. And the song went like this. Standing on the corner watching all the girls go by. Standing on the corner, giving all the girls an eye. Well, brother, you can't find a better occupation. Matter of fact, neither can I. 
But standing on the corner, watching all the girls, watching all the girls, watching all the girls go by. I enjoy seeing the smiles on your faces. It's a happy song, but that's the trap. <laughs> it's a misleading song. Because when you hear that song in the context of the play for which it was written, it's about the men who worked on the vineyard in Napa Valley so hard all during the week and on Saturday dressed up like the uh, drugstore cowboys and went into town in hopes of hooking up with some of the female citizens in the town. But most of them, when they went there, all they did was stand on the corner and watch them go by and never made a connection. And when you hear it in that context, it changes the whole thing. And that's what the lesson of today is. We have to hear this warning from God in the proper context and not allow our life to be defined by the regrets that we have for the things that we left undone. When I was in high school, I was impressed very much in my reading of uh, British history uh, of reading some of the speeches of a man by the name of Edmund Burke, uh, who was part of the uh, 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 British legislature. And during that particular time in the 19th century, when Britain was making some very hard decisions, they seemed to talk a lot but not accomplish anything. They were afraid to finally take a vote and then go out and do things and make the changes that the British Empire needed. And Edmund Burke stood up before the assembly one day and, and, and uh, convicted them with this powerful saying. He said, gentlemen, the only thing it takes for evil to, uh, to uh, conquer in this world is for good men to do nothing. The only thing it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. And that's the appeal that comes to you today. Don't have any regrets. Don't be afraid to step out and do things. I'm going to show you a little video now of some of your fellow parishioners. Tasks that have filled their life with satisfaction. <laughs> 